0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Authentic Filters, where topics are real, relevant, and a call to action is needed. Moral beliefs are being tested every day, so if we want to see change, let's stand united and demand that change happens. My name is Lisa.
1: And my name is Anthony. Let's Let's get get into it. it. Hey guys, welcome to a fresh episode of Authentic Filters. We hope you are all doing well and enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we want to thank you for tuning in to last week's episode, which was Porch Pirates Stop the Madness. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, definitely check it out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. This week we are on episode 6, and we're talking about the rent and foreclosure moratorium.
0: Before we get heavy into the discussion, Anthony, I really want to do a knowledge share. This topic is so relevant right now. For the audience, if if you've been watching the news, there's been a lot of protesting going around, around the country with folks that are being evicted and homes being foreclosed on. But before we get heavy into the discussion, let's kind of get right into the knowledge share for those of you that are not familiar with the two programs. When... Trump was president under his administration when the pandemic happened the first stimulus package that was approved back March of 2020 there was two trillion dollars put into that particular package and that was under the CARES Act. Now as the American citizens it is really our responsibility when there's a pandemic natural disaster when the government steps in to provide relief to the american people we really need to do our due diligence and really kind of watch the progress of that drill down to see what the money is going to entail and if any of that money applies to me and maybe my situation so under this program under this this, this stimulus package there were two programs that was set aside to help renters and homeowners there was around $47 billion, $47 billion for these two programs. So if you was a renter and you ran into some difficulties for far as you became unemployed, now you're on unemployment. And let's just say that what you're making on unemployment is not compensating what you was actually making on your full-time job. Chances are you probably fell into the renter bucket For as getting some assistance to pay for your rent and to also pay for your utilities. Now, I didn't know it was also covering utilities, that was actually something that I discovered, you know, doing my research just recently. The other part to this program was for the homeowners. Now, the homeowners under this program they could enroll in a forbearance plan for up to 180 days. Even if you were delinquent or not, you were instructed to request a forbearance with your mortgage service provider. And you really didn't have to provide a whole lot of documentation. All you had to do was reach out to them, tell them that right now you're run into some some financial difficulties and that you're unable to pay your mortgage. From my understanding, reading the qualifications for that, you really didn't have to provide additional documentation to support that. Your mortgage service provider would just go ahead and put you on that forbearance plan up to the 180 days.
1: But didn't it have to be COVID related?
0: It had to be COVID related, but at the same token with the mortgage portion of it, they wasn't going to ask you to provide this all these documentation. They just wasn't oh, sure. going to ask you to do that. Once you, you reached out to your service provider and you told them the situation, they were just going to go ahead and, and take your word forward and get you on that plan. Now, let's kind of go back to the $47 billion that was actually funded for both of these programs. $47 billion. And the program has been extended several times because under the Trump administration, I believe the program was supposed to go all the way into the end of September of 2020. Well, that didn't work. So Trump said, okay, well, let's extend it to the end of the year of December 31st, 2020. Then Biden became president of the top of 2021. And so Biden also stepped in and extended the program until the end of June 30th of 2021. Well, we're starting to see, there's several issues going on right now. We're starting to see landlords evicting people and we're seeing folks getting actually uh, foreclosed on. So therefore the instructions that was provided by Trump and now President Biden is just not being adhered to. These landlords are wanting their money. Renters are behind on their rent. The renters are not either. They're not applying for the assistance that they need to help them in their time of need. And they're just not worried about the rent. But the landlord still has to get paid. And the landlord is basically letting these these renters know you've ran out of time. You're not even trying to get assistance. So therefore, I'm just going to go ahead and move forward with the, the eviction. The same with the foreclosure. Houses are getting foreclosed down. I was actually watching an episode on CBS. It was so hard to watch that particular um, segment, and it was actually um, a segment with Nora O'Donnell. O'Donnell, and it actually showed people getting evicted out of their 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 homes. It actually showed two two tenants. One tenant, it was he, he was a single father. He had I think a seventeen year old, and you actually had folks going into his apartment just. Taking stuff out, taking it out, putting it out on the streets, and so the the camera crew was like,
1: "Who are these people that were these, taking stuff out?" There
0: probably was. Um, normally, I think if if you get evicted, I believe the um, is it the marshals that come in, or it's um,
1: the was it the sheriff?
0: It, it probably it hadn't been a sheriff, but it was it was so many other people that was just loading that stuff up.
1: Maybe and it was just, their family.
0: No, it wasn't a the family. These were these were like probably like government officials they probably work for the city
1: oh, okay. um
0: so they were actually going into his apartment just bringing the stuff down and just putting it on the on the on the curve and so the camera crew was interviewing you know the guy and he was like "There's nothing i can do he said i lost my job i'm on unemployment i'm a single parent you know i really wish they would given me more time you know my son was up there doing the schoolwork now we're getting evicted. He said, you know, this stuff right here, there's just material things. We still got our health. He said, right now, you know, I do have some money. We're just going to go get a hotel and stay in a hotel until we figure this thing out.
1: So did he, was he not on the rent moratorium?
0: Here's the thing. If they don't, if they don't know about the rent moratorium, then how are they going to get on it? And that's another thing we're going to talk about here in just a second. But let me go ahead and talk about the, the second resident because it, it, it was so heart wrenching to watch it while he's getting put out you have other tenants just hanging out the window looking out the window and then one lady said well when they're done with him I, I think I'm next and she was next and it was so sad because once they put all his stuff out, he was able to kind of rummage through his stuff and take what he needed to take. But other than that, it was free for all.
1: That's horrible. It's
0: horrible. And so, he, him and his 17-year-old son end up, you know, going to a hotel. At least he had some money to go to a hotel. But I don't know how long he was going to be able to stay in a hotel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, the lady, I think, maybe uh, a level up. She was just kind of hanging out the window, looking very sad. So when she made the comment that, you know, she's going to be next, the camera guy said, what, are they getting ready to evict you right now? She goes, yeah. And then he goes, well, where are you going to go? And she's like, there's my red car right there. I guess I'm just going to have to live in my car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's exactly what happened. So went up to her floor, put all her stuff out, and she basically had to move to her car. She had, she had no money. She had nowhere else to go.
1: And so you wonder if the landlord did his or her proper, what is, they're supposed to do by law, which is give them a 30-day or 60-day notice depending on how long they've been a tenant.
0: It's really kind of hard to say because even the landlord was out there. He was out there and the camera crew grabbed him. He was forthcoming what with talking with, with the, the camera crew. He was like, look, they owe, he said, with all these tenants in this building, he said, they owe me around $28,000. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about it, $28,000, that's a lot of money. Yeah, there's you, a lot of money. Because you don't know how many months behind each tenant was. When you really kind of think about it. And then you don't know how much their rent is. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, we now have an epidemic on our hand. It's no longer the COVID. Yeah. Now there's this rent mortgage moratorium to where people are actually losing their homes. And in that particular segment, before it closed out,
1: That's the next epidemic on the way. Is on the way. Especially if they don't expend it this June. True,
0: True. But at the same token, there has to be some conversations behind it. But let me give you some more stats. So once that segment got ready to close out, what they said was they estimate that 40 million people will lose their homes. 40 million people. I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that 47 billion was put in the pot. 40 million people are getting ready to lose their homes. And as I did more research, the issue that we have here is that you actually have really kind of, I would say, five groups that are impacted with with this this whole uh, moratorium. You have the renter. You have the landlord. You have the homeowner you have the mortgage provider, and now you have the agencies. Now, when I say agencies, we're talking the housing agencies are in each state.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: when the, the money was approved and they said, okay, $47 billion is going to go into this bucket to fund these two programs. But each state got a certain amount of money.
1: okay, And
0: they were responsible to execute the program they was responsible to ensure that either the renter got the money to pay the rent or the landlord got the money to get the the renter caught up okay no different than the mortgage side of it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: as i did more and more research there is a lack of folks knowing about the program Mm -hmm. and i was shocked to know that because i went to voxmedia.com and there was a couple articles out there about one of the articles said, "Where is the money?" <laughs> that is a good question. Yeah. Where is the money? Because obviously, if people are protesting around the world saying, you know, cancel rent evictions, I saw one person holding a sign up saying, "Evictions equal death." We cannot allow for an estimated forty million people to be homeless,
1: and that's both renters and homeowners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely unacceptable, and I hadn't even really heard about the program until earlier this year. I had heard a little bit of talks about it um, here and there, but um, I hadn't really dived too deep into it until early this year because it it didn't really impact my business per se, but I think now it's certainly going to, especially as we get closer to June and whether or not they extend the moratorium. But even I was listening to a story, well, actually I saw it on YouTube, it was recent, in Chicago. There was a single black lady that was in a apartment and the landlord he how do i want to put this he pre-evicted her without following proper procedure so he was sending her you know threatening text he was harassing her um he was stating that she needed to get out the house and then he finally took it to the point to where he decided to take off the locks on the security doors Mm -hmm. to where she couldn't lock the doors and so at that point she said you know i just got to go because I'm obviously not safe here anymore. But he didn't give a proper notice. He didn't do what he was supposed to do in terms of the lease contract. And you've got a lot of landlords that are kind of getting on edge and thinking that they can jump the gun and do these things. But I'm just going to tell you, you can't do that right now. Because if you do that, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt. And these tenants, if they're savvy enough, They can come back and they can sue you for those things that you've done, which is a breach of the contract.
0: Yeah, and to me, these landlords, when landlords want to resort to things like that to me you're called a slum landlord mm-hmm. because one you're not following protocol and it is it's very unfortunate you have a lot of these landlords now to where they're doing any and everything just to get the tenant out mm-hmm. they, they figure the tenant is not trying to pay let me just try to get them out and maybe move someone else in that probably will pay but you just don't know that person might be in the same situation as the one you you have made their life just a living hell yeah. you know you, you never know the situation but we really have to try to figure out how do we even get to this point you know as i was reading you know one article it made the the statement that one these agencies got the money late and i don't know if that's a true statement or not i was trying to trying to find some more information on that it kind of goes back to that ownership and that accountability so when you did get the money then what due diligence did you do? What, what was your social responsibility to make sure that folks knew about the program? And I think that's where the ball has been dropped on many fronts. Think about it. with the When the stimulus package first came out, the first stimulus package, everybody knew about the $1,200.
1: Right.
0: They wouldn't stop talking about it. We knew about the first stimulus money, the second, even the third. And now they're even talking about a possible fourth one. But there should have been more advocates out there talking about this rent program and the mortgage program for struggling households. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. And it's so unfortunate that I'm reading these stories from, from the these renters and these homeowners saying they didn't know anything about the program. And that could be true. But I don't want to put all the blame On the government and the agencies to a certain point as a renter, as a tenant, as a landlord, as a homeowner, and as a mortgage service provider, it is really everybody's responsibility to know whether or not, okay, if there's any kind of program out there that can help me, even when a homeowner got behind on their mortgage that mortgage company should have reached out to them and say, mm-hmm. hey, did you know about this program? Let, let, let me talk to you, ask you a few questions, and let's just see if you, you qualify. Here is the criteria. Right. No different than a renter. The landlord should have reached out to them and once they got one or two, if even three months behind, and say, hey, did you hear about the government uh, provided this rental assistance program? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just see if you qualified. And that's the thing. That's the disconnect is nobody's talking with each the other.
1: Communication. There
0: is a lack of communication because right. even as a renter, if you know that you cannot pay your rent, it is still your responsibility based on that lease agreement that you signed. It is your responsibility to pick up the phone talk to that that landlord and tell them your situation and you're going to have some landlords that are going to be understanding and then you're probably going to have a slum landlord that they're not going to care they want their money but at the same token as long as you did your part and you did reach out to them but at the same token i just really wish that there could have been more advocates out there or more communicating and more marketing of what's embedded into these stimulus packages
1: right well that leads me to my first question which you kind of already already hit on which is what can tenants do now and moving forward if they're not able to pay their rent whether or not the moratorium is or isn't extended
0: one i highly recommend that you get with your housing agency find out what agency that money was actually sent to and from my understanding from the research that i've been doing and i want to kind of talk about some more stats because you know i'm real big on stats
1: well when you say housing agency what what is the housing agency
0: so for example we live in the state of kansas but the housing agency that we would actually go to for assistance would be based on the county that we live in, which is Johnson County. Okay. So it would be the Johnson County Housing Authority.
1: So essentially every county for wherever somebody lives should have a housing agency. Authority.
0: Yes, they should definitely have that. And that's where that money was actually sent to.
1: And what else could a tenant do? You had mentioned speaking with the landlord, which I think is a great idea because you should know before you even get past due on your rent when your money's going to run out, when your money's going to dry up. So if you know that you got maybe a month or two months left before you can't pay any further rent or any further mortgage. Get on the phone and call your landlord or be proactive and call your mortgage company because nine times out of 10, they will have, unless they're a a slumlord like you were saying, especially on the rental side, nine times out of 10, they will be more appreciative and have more respect for you if you are proactive with them and let them know what's coming down the pipeline versus come the next month and you just don't pay your rent and then they're wondering where's the money at
0: yeah they'll be more willing to work with you when you definitely show the initiative by reaching out and letting them know your situation because you also have to understand yo it is really a two-way street but at the same token you did sign that lease to live in that particular apartment and pay monthly rent and when you don't live up to the obligation then you know it really kind of falls on you to really go to that landlord and let them know your situation but I want to really kind of get a little bit further into I think the problem here when the when the package came out when the stimulus package came out there's there was just so many pieces within that package you had money going to small businesses you had Money going to the American people, which was um, the twelve hundred dollars stimulus um, money. You also had uh, that extra six hundred dollars a week that people were getting that lost their jobs and now they're on unemployment. Mm-hmm.
1: I think there was additionally where was the three hundred dollars a week, or did you already? No, that
0: three? the three hundred dollars a week. That doesn't happen until the $600 ended and then we get under the Biden administration and then he then says, okay, we're going to give an extra $300. But under the Trump administration, you had all this money really actually being, you know, um, allocated out to the American people.
1: You got to keep in mind, some of those unemployment agencies are boo-boo. Like they don't answer the phone. They don't get the money out in time. And I was reading forums about people that had applied months ago and hadn't heard nothing, hadn't received any type of unemployment assistance, couldn't get through on the phone because the line was always busy, and they just were in limbo.
0: Yeah, and you, and, and that is absolutely correct. You, you did have some folks that was in limbo, and they probably still never got the money. Mm-hmm. But then you did have those that actually did get the money and it could have been a pretty large check mm-hmm. it's kind of that retro pay yeah you know you applied three months ago and then when they finally got to you okay now they owe you three months of unemployment but let's kind of really talk about all this money that's been allocated out i definitely want to give the government some kudos on putting together the two trillion dollar stimulus package Mm -hmm. for the american people and they were pretty quick to try to get money into our hands whether like i said it was a twelve hundred dollars or the extra six hundred dollars a week now for those folks that had a job lost their job became unemployed now you're getting this extra six hundred dollars a week Now, for some folks, that still wasn't enough because they were making way too much money when they had a job. Hopefully, those folks knew to go to the application portal for this renter's assistance or the mortgage forbearance Mm -hmm. and put in their application. And if you didn't, you know, you still have time because the program doesn't expire until the end of June of, of 2020, of 2021, of this year. Now, for those that, had a job lost her job and got this extra $600 a week and that then became a come up for you and now you're making more money on unemployment if you are behind on your rent now that's questionable if you're making more money on unemployment than you did having a full-time job so this is your come up because you may now it's like you basically got a raise. You live in good because yeah. it's not only six hundred dollars extra a week. It's also whatever you was going to get in unemployment anyway, oh, whether that's, that's three hundred to four hundred something dollars. So if you think about <laughs> it true. now, you're making a thousand something dollars every week that is you're not being taxed on it because mm-hmm. you're not being taxed on it. And that $600, it went for quite some time before it actually expired.
1: It was like a long time. It went
0: for a long time. And I think it actually went until the end of, it could have been the end of September. And I believe Mitch McConnell was like, we're not extending that because people are not trying to go back to work. That was another issue that we were having was Mm -hmm. people was not trying to go back to work because they was making too much money on unemployment. I want to talk to those individuals. So if you was making way too much money on unemployment, then you did a full-time job and you're behind on your rent, then I feel bad for you because now we're getting into poor management of your money. You're not managing your money properly properly. Because you should not be behind on your rent. And if you are, then actually you don't qualify for renter's assistance. And I want to kind of get into, even though I told you about the two programs, and I told you about what you need to do from a homeowner standpoint, for us reaching out to the mortgage service provider and requesting a forbearance. For as a renter side of that, there is criteria that you actually had to fall in into play. One, in order to be eligible, your income had to be below 80 percent of the area medium income
1: so are they counting unemployment as income they are you you
0: had to show qualifications criteria based on um if you was qualified for unemployment benefits and if you lost part or all of your income there was criteria out there in order for you to see if you actually fell into the bucket in order to get the assistance because definitely with that particular program you actually had to provide a lot of documentation mm-hmm. you had to what they preferred was for the renter to go out and fill out the application and I guess list who your your landlord was or is and then also provide a copy of the the lease agreement and there were some other documentation that they required as well but I did like the fact that chances of getting some fraud through that that program, those two programs, was probably slim to none. So you definitely, as a renter, you had to provide all this information, and then with you know the other the other side of the program, you really didn't have to. But definitely for the renters, you know, it was really your responsibility to go out to the portal, fill out the application, provide all the documentation that you needed. And here's the thing: you might have had some people that went out there and said. I don't even qualify because, one, I'm making too much money on unemployment. So, if they went out to the portal and they saw that they don't qualify, okay, you don't qualify. Then you should be okay and you should be paying your rent.
1: I'm surprised that they count that as countable income, the unemployment. I'm kind of surprised that they, they
0: did. I think they kind of had to due to the fact that the American people that lost their jobs and, and end up getting the unemployment got that extra $600 a week. Yeah, but
1: the reason I say that is because of the glitches the unemployment offices around the country were having and how slow they were to get the money out to people. And so if you applied for unemployment, let's say, you know, maybe you lost your job at the end of March or you applied for it in April and you didn't get your money, some people didn't get their money until... August.
0: Some people had to wait probably it, a whole three to six months.
1: A long time. So if you're waiting that entire time and you haven't received any money, then how are they going to count that as income? Because you don't know when it's going to come in.
0: True, but here's the thing: when these, when this, when this money rolled out and was allocated to these agencies, they didn't really factor in any system issues. I think they they assumed. The government assumed, okay, we're rolling this money out to you all. You all are responsible to execute it.
1: Well, that was...
0: And, and that's the problem with these agencies, whether it's the housing authority agencies or it's the IRS or it's the Department of Labor. I don't know if it's the integrated technology. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I just I don't understand how is it that it's all these government agencies They cannot execute these programs
1: and that have problems and have
0: problems they cannot execute these programs where they need to be executed to where who is actually impacted is the american people so i really want to get into some more stats remember 47 billion was put into the pot to fund these two programs and as i kind of went looking at some of these stats on what has actually been divvied out it has is really nothing okay so
1: so they still have the money
0: they still, I, i'm gonna assume they still have the money uh because if they don't then their books need to be audited so for example you have the georgia's department housing authority they distribute four million in renters and rental assistance but they receive 552 million
1: they distributed 400
0: they only no 4 million
1: 4 million but they received
0: 552 million
1: that's a lot of money for just one agency are you sure yeah okay that's a lot of money for just But remember,
0: 180%. they got forty seven forty seven billion was put in the pot.
1: Oh, that's true. So that's really not So
0: much. this particular um state got five hundred and fifty two million, which was Georgia. Then you had Delaware.
1: Oh that makes sense because I was thinking like it's for all the counties in Georgia. Is
0: all, all the counties in sense. Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the state of Idaho, they actually only distribute out six point one million. And they received 175 million colorado they've only approved and distributed 2.8 million and they received 247 million and the last one well maybe arizona let me talk about arizona pardon. arizona shows that they actually distribute dispersed 4.38 million but they received 289 million the stats on on this is too low this this right here lets mm-hmm. you know okay hold on even these how these state housing authorities someone i would think within their top of the leadership chain should say well hold on i'm looking at these stats every week or every month why come none of this money is moving out of this out of this fund
1: so i'm going to play devil's advocate for a second and i i'm probably sure that this isn't the case but a part of me wonders if they haven't moved a lot of the money out of the fund because A lot of people were not behind on their rents in those particular states.
0: But you don't have to be behind on your rent. I mean, it clearly said that, you know, if you needed rental assistance...
1: Well, if you're not behind on your rent, then probably you need rental assistance.
0: Because you could if you here's the thing it's based on the, the your income if you lost 80 percent of your mm-hmm. income then chances are you can't afford to pay your rent now it could have been to the point maybe you have some savings yeah maybe you was a- using that to, to cover your rent but that's a, let me tell you what a disconnect lies is that you saying that you don't have to be delinquent in order to get on this program but the program i guess some people did go out to the portal and they put in their information and they were denied because they wasn't delinquent.
1: That's what I'm saying is, or, well, actually, that's, you just kind of made a really good point there, but they haven't distributed the money because these people weren't actually delinquent. So I guess, well, I guess what I should ask you is, are you not supposed to apply until you are delinquent? Are you supposed to apply when you know you're about to be delinquent?
0: Uh, you, I think you had a mixture of both in the pool. You had a mixture of um, both types of applicants. Applying for this funding Whether they were delinquent Whether they were not delinquent And maybe those that actually were delinquent Probably was getting funding But then it just kind of depends on What their income looks mm-hmm. like You see what I'm saying But at the same token Let's go back in time This program the the these two programs was originally funded under the Trump administration mm-hmm. and it's probably no different than the, all the hurdles we were going through with the small business uh programs for the PPP and the EIDL well. you see what i'm saying we don't we, we don't already did do that episode <laughs> yeah. make sure you go check out that episode on, yeah. <laughs> on our portal but we, we don't want to talk about that again mm. but it could be the same situation to where it just wasn't executed properly right these agencies was not given a lot of clear direction. Yeah. And then maybe they probably was given some clear direction and then, you, and then they just went and did their own thing.
1: Yeah. That was another I- issue
0: he was having was that even with the SBA, They was given clear instructions and then you go and you tweak it, revamp it and you do what you want to do and then no one's benefiting from it. And now we have Biden as the president. Mm -hmm. Now this needs to be on Biden's radar. It seriously needs to be on Biden's radar because something is broken. You can't just sit there and say, you know, it's all the red tape. It could be. But it also could be these agencies just clearly don't know what they're doing. And I think I'm to the point to where, you know, I get really just hyped up because you have leaders in these high leadership positions, and they don't even know how to handle programs at this magnitude. And if that's the case, then you not you probably should not be in the position that you're in. To me, when I sit here and I look at this, it just seems like it just it's so easy. Because if I was responsible for the state of Kansas, and let's just say they gave me $600 million for all the counties in the state of Kansas to make sure that renters was getting the help that they need and homeowners was getting the help that they need. If the If the renter and the homeowner is not reaching out, okay, then let me just go and see let me reach out to the to the landlord and the in the in the service provider
1: right that's what i'm saying if we were or if you were a governor if you were the governor you don't even need to be lori kelly but if you were the governor i mean common sense would say cuz you already have state funding mm-hmm. send out at least two you already have these people's addresses cuz you're the government mm-hmm. you're you're the state so you have these addresses have it be a mandate that two letters are sent out to every address so that they are aware of this program
0: so they are aware of this program and that's the thing is a lack of that communication and making sure that folks within your county that are renting or homeowners are not falling into the realm of being homeless Mm -hmm. we cannot have that in our state we want to keep people in their apartments we need to keep people in their homes yeah and if there is money that is funded to help these folks and right now, what, what these states are doing is just holding on to the money. Once again, it's not your money. The government disperses it out to you. It is your responsibility to help these people. Because if they're estimating that 40 million people are going to lose their homes, that is scary. And you're a real estate agent. Yeah. So we don't know how much of that is going to impact the housing market and what that's going to do to, like, a homeowner like me and my property value right now. Well, <laughs>
1: If you have time to rent or if you know where you want to move to, this is the time, especially in the Kansas City market, this is the time to sell. I could say it in my sleep, this is the time to sell. Inventory has been down over 50% the entire year. Your house, if you're at a competitive price point, it's gonna go at least in the first week or two, and you'll probably go at or over asking depending on the condition of your property. So, I mean, if you're in the market to sell, this is the time to sell. Because, like you said, this is what we've kind of been looking at. It's almost been like in the background. Mm-hmm. And we feel it like creeping up closer and closer. Because,
0: because, it's, like because it's, it's,
1: it's coming. It's and <laughs> it's, it's
0: called the bubble. Yeah. The bubble's going to burst. And right now,
1: it's, it's Right
0: agents are doing real good in the real estate market This and yeah. eventually is gonna bust
1: now if they do another extension which we're thinking that they probably will in the last two weeks they probably will do an extension i don't know for sure but that's just kind of been the word then this is going to continue on because housing is is the supply is way too low for the demand to be this high
0: they will have to do an extension let me tell you why there's too much money out there
1: too much the, money out there. These,
0: ag- these states have too much of this money, and they have not dispersed that money out. So right. if, if they if they exp- if, if the program expires. Then where that money gonna go? It, is it gonna stay with the state? Right. It where shouldn't. is the money going? The money go. needs to go back to the government. And matter of fact, you can use that money to pay for this infrastructure. But that's a whole nother that's conversation. A whole nother that's another episode. It's a
1: win-win, isn't it? Because if the tenant can't pay the rent, the landlord's still gonna get paid from this money.
0: Yeah, but here, here's the thing. As I did more research, it was too much overlap, mm-hmm. and that's what I said. You know, hey. Hire me, put me in one of those high paying positions, and I will execute these programs like no other. That's right. Reach out to me on Authentic Filters, and I can show you how it was done. Because you know what? It's not hard. The issue is, is there was too much overlap. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, the, the program saying that, okay, the tenant needs to go out, fill out the application, put in the landlord's information. But clearly, they're not doing that or maybe they are doing that and then they're dispersing the money but they're dispersing the money to the tenant i don't agree with that i want to make sure that your your rent does get paid Mm -hmm. so honestly i would have preferred for the landlord to go out to the portal and tell me what tenants are behind. Send me their lease agreements, yeah. and then I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to the tenant and find out are they still staying there? Are they truly behind? Ding, ding, ding. And then you know what, uh, landlord, let me cut you a check. I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a cut you a check, send you some money. I'm gonna send you a confirmation that I paid you. I'm gonna send a confirmation over here to your team. Exactly. Tenant. And then here's the thing if they need more assistance, then do the process all over again. You just see what so, I'm so saying? we're all
1: on the same page. We're and you all can't on the same say page. that this happened versus that happened. Yes,
0: yes. So I don't, that's the part I didn't like about the program was that for those states that did disperse money, I believe they sent it directly to the the tenant and i actually wouldn't have took that approach i would have sent it directly to that landlord because here's the thing the landlords are still evicting people you see what i'm saying
1: well i think doesn't it come down to is it the governor of the or the state represent state representative of the state that makes those decisions
0: honestly i'm not really for sure because Um,
1: everybody's doing their own thing and then it goes into politics and wanting to please bureaucracy wanting to please your if you're a democrat your constituents whether you're a democrat or republican or liberal and wanting to make sure that they're happy with what you're doing versus doing the right thing doing the right thing there's just too many hands in the pot when you should be using common sense to execute this program
0: it's common sense but it's just about just just doing the morally ethical thing i mean what (laughs) Sometimes I sit and I sit back and say, what happened to the folks with some freaking integrity? Seriously, because this is just I don't understand how do we keep getting to these 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 points. But when you kind of dig into um, the issue and you start to do your research, you start to say, wow, now I can see what happened. You got these leaders that are just not leading.
1: Mm -hmm. So that leads me to my last question. What can landlords do, given what they've already gone through, we're looking at it from their side, to ease their side of the ordeal now and if they extend this moratorium?
0: I would have to say Biden's going to have to be notified. Him and his team is going to have to look at this and goes back to, they're going to have to tweak it. They're going to have to change some things because right now, having that tenant go out that renter go out and do the application that's not working have the landlord go out there to the portal put in the information but then when you kind of think about it is the person even eligible to even get the renter assistance
1: well i think that comes down the road when they start asking for documents but the landlord needs to put in the work too they're the one that's supposed to be keeping you know legit files on their their tenants So I would have the landlord, like you said, Mm -hmm. be the ones that proactively have to go out there and apply. And then they need to list their tenants that are behind. Mm -hmm. And then that gets the ball rolling. But I think going back to the tenant side, the tenant needs to be proactive and let the landlord know what's coming down the pipeline.
0: It's a two-way street. But at the same token, the government is going to have to somehow provide this assistance to the landlord's And the mortgage service providers In the interim Mm -hmm. They're just going to have to do that In order to stop the nosebleed Because if you don't Then the program's going to expire If that happens And if they don't um, extend it Then we're really going to have a problem Here's the thing What I want the, the folks to know The audience to know is that (laughs) we're not going to be in a pandemic forever right the pandemic is getting ready to come to an end and if you notice programs are actually expiring are these states are actually closing out these programs a little bit earlier actually two to three months earlier for example the extra 300 dollars in i think over 21 states that's gone they're like okay we got to get these folks back to work they're not even trying to go back to work because they're making too much money on unemployment Mm -hmm. and I think that is crazy to where now they're trying to give bonuses out to people to go back to work and you'll get the bonus once you've been working I think for like 180 days how do we even get to this point seriously I understand that you know the the pandemic happened and we're trying to get money into the americans people hands but we probably went about it the wrong way i'm just gonna just say that but with that being said the program is gonna have to be tweaked i really hope that they do extend it because if they don't i i just can't i can't even imagine how many of the estimated 40 million people that own homes will face foreclosure it's going to be just a wave of just inventory out there
1: well how it usually works is it's going to be if they don't extend it then it's going to be about 60 30 to 60 days before they start getting the foreclosure notices in and then we will start seeing waves of houses coming on probably within 90 to to 120 days so if, if they hadn't extended it prior but but for for june for instance we're looking july august september is when we would start seeing a wave of houses hitting the market and the thing about kansas is we're a secondary market because we're not big like the coastal cities like california or new york or, mm-hmm. uh, or florida so they would fill it the hardest wow <laughs> out there and then it would start trickling in further to a place like kansas city which doesn't have as big as a population mm-hmm. as those other states But we
0: still would feel the impact. We would
1: still feel the impact. And and I
0: want to feel that that negative impact because as a homeowner and knowing that, you know, um, there's really no houses on the market in my subdivision. And right now, the the market is really good. Well,
1: it doesn't really... Unless you plan on moving... The, I mean, it's good for you right now. Right now, yeah. If, if you plan on about. moving to get astronomical values for your property, mm-hmm. but if you don't plan on moving, all it's going to do is, I would say, we like to use the term, correct the market. It's mm-hmm. going to even the playing field a lot more to where there's going to be more inventory that comes on. So. If you were to put your house on the market down the road and there's all these foreclosures that have come on. That
0: ain't going to help
1: me. It's not going to help you, but it's going to give the buyer more options to choose from to where they don't, one, have to rush. Two, that they're not overpaying for a property
0: mm-hmm.
1: just to be in a certain neighborhood. Which they're doing it now. Which they're doing that now. So, I mean, there's some um, there's some trade-offs, but but the horrible part about it is the people that would get evicted. Yeah, or foreclosed upon
0: well here's the thing we, we just cannot allow for po- people to lose their homes we, we just can't that's a lot of people that's that's a lot of people around the world um that's just that's way too many people so we definitely have to figure out how can we how can we improve this process
1: share this episode share this episode get the conversation started and you know, share it with somebody knows somebody that knows somebody. So just high up, high up. So that's why you gotta share stuff like this. Share news articles that are talking about this. Don't just look at it and then move on to the next thing.
0: Don't just listen to this podcast and be like, oh, yo, that is an issue. Um, Well, There's nothing I can do about it. Like Anthony said, share this episode with family, friends, coworkers, as many people as you possibly can because we need to put a spotlight on this. This is actually serious. Mm -hmm. It is serious. And when we have serious issues going on around the world, Definitely Anthony and I are are using our platform to bring visibility into those issues with the hopes of it getting into the right folks hands for them to say, you know what, this this is a, a big issue. Let me put this on my radar or let me get with my, you know, some folks that I know and see, you know, what changes that we can actually bring about.
1: All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to episode six of Authentic Filters. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit that like and subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast and definitely share this episode. It is a great one to send out, like my mom said, to your family, your friends, and whoever else you think would be interested in this type of conversation. Um, If you have any questions, you can visit our website at AuthenticFilters.com. And you can send us an email as well at hello AuthenticFilters.com. And until next time, peace. Peace.